0: Hey, Ryan here. Does your company have a commercial or industrial IoT project coming down the pipe? Reach out to Vary and let our world-class specialists in hardware, software, data science, and design bring it to life.
1: Some of the technology back in in the early 2000s was very, you know, industrial robot. You know, you would have never thought that in 2021, we'd be accepting that a robot and a human could be working in the same collaborative application space.
0: You're listening to Over the Air, IoT Connected Devices and The Journey, brought to you by Veri. In each episode, we have sharp, unfiltered conversations with executives about their IoT journeys, the mistakes they made, the lessons they learned, and what they wish they'd known when they started. Welcome back to Over the Air, IoT, Connected Devices, and the Journey. My name is Ryan Prosser, CEO of Very, and we're joined today by Craig Salvaggio, COO of Applied Manufacturing Technologies, AMT, to discuss how non-IoT companies can do- can drive user adoption of their IoT products. Craig, thanks for being on the show.
1: Hey, Ryan, happy to be here.
0: So when, as I've learned about AMT, you know, in some of our conversations, I would definitely describe you guys as an IoT company. But I know it's been a journey. You've been there for almost twenty years. What can you tell us? Well, first of all, give us a little bit of your background, but also, you know, tell us a little bit about AMT and world from an airplane. You know, the connected device journey that you've been a part of over there.
1: Yeah, yeah, Ryan, be happy to explain AMT, my career and you know, how we fit in the space. So, yeah, AMT is a uh, an engineering s- solutions provider, and uh, we develop and design full turnkey robotic systems and also provide engineering services to the industrial automation market. And uh, I've been a pleasure to be here for the last 18 years. Founder-led organization, Mike Jacobs, our our founder, had a, a vision for creating an engineering company that would allow people to start their careers and develop Full turnkey solutions for the market and uh, you know a lot of our applications a lot of our technology focuses around robotics and connected machines and so you know myself uh, really got started in the industry late 90s robots were being heavily adopted by the automotive companies you know they're putting them in automotive body shops they were getting into powertrain and you know the application set really wasn't as defined as it was today you know so really kind of the early stages of adoption of robotic technology You know, then uh, really kind of got involved in different areas of the company to help us expand outside of automotive and see other applications come to life as the technology matured, became easier to use, and was more readily accepted by the end-user manufacturing market. From there, started uh, some consulting activities within AMT where we really kind of led customers on a journey of where do you start with automation? So if you're looking to automate, you have a lot of manual processes, you're looking at your ROI calculations, you're looking at throughput, you're looking at safety, you know, where do you start? So we help companies really roadmap and landscape, you know, what does automation look like in their factories? And once you got through the conceptual automation and ROI numbers, you know, the quick next step was how are these machines connected? What data are we collecting? What value are we providing from the data? and then how is that fed back into the machines to make them smarter so helping companies with their IoT strategy Craig
0: what what did it look like so you guys are at the front of the space you're doing some really cool things i think people that know AMT think of you as you know leaders in automation but what did it look like 20 or 18 years ago when you were first getting in you know the the space generally was like in its infancy at that point you know, give give us a candid snapshot of AMT eighteen years ago.
1: Yeah, it's uh, it was it was definitely different. You know, you know, robots had vision systems, but you had to write sophisticated code to make those vision systems do things. So, for example, you know, you know, automotive really pioneered standards in the industry related to you know how machines were built, how software was written, and those kind of things are very valuable as you get into markets and, and organizations that don't have those or are less mature. You know, with their automation strategy but 18 years ago it was it was old school automotive you know it was it was a different demand it was a, a different application and industrial robots were going into factories and uh, you know companies were trying to mature technology it was acceptable that you know it took long to configure devices and devices didn't talk to one another and ease of use wasn't really a thing where today well, that's a driving factor you know, how quickly can you get something set up? How quickly can you get the data? You know, how can you connect to the machine? In the early days, you know, you were writing specific drivers. Everything was custom. And as the applications matured and as new industries adopted the technology, you know, companies really kind of got along and said, you know, in order for us to be unique, in order for us to put in more automation, you know, how can we look at the technology and say, you know, can we make things easier? Can we write software that we write interfaces that are intuitive to the end user, which is typically an operator who has to keep that machine running all day long. And, uh, you know, you come back from where we started and where we're at today, where we got, you know, user interfaces of three screens or less, you know, factories that we're monitoring and collecting data and machines that we could monitor the assets and understand, you know, some predictive analytics on when the asset might fail. And then just overall, you know, how is your machine running? And uh, you know, some of the technology back in the, in the early two thousands was very, you know, industrial robot. You know, you would have never thought that in twenty twenty one, we'd be accepting that a robot and a human could be working in the same collaborative application space.
0: If if, if Craig from twenty twenty one could get in a time machine and go all the way back to two thousand three and deliver a piece of advice, what, what's something that Like, what about the world in twenty one as you see it? I'm talking about like through the lens of automation, AMT, um, IoT. What's a piece of advice that Craig from two thousand three would have said? Okay, future Craig has been drinking. There's no way that's true. I, I am, I am not going to do anything with that information. That doesn't. That just doesn't make sense. Like, what about the world you're operating in today? Is it that human robot interface piece? Is it the prevalence of cloud? You know, V mainframe, yeah. Like, what what piece of information would be so hard to stomach through the lens of 2003, Craig, that he would be likely to discount it away?
1: Yep, I think uh, there's there's two threads there. You know, one is the the human collaboration with robotic technology. So, you know, uh, understanding that the robots would be used in such a way that they could be placed on a mobile manipulator, an AMR, uh, autonomous mobile robot. Or could be used in leverage in conjunction, you know, with you know human workers. It was always, you know, how do you get the robot in a cage so that it was protected, so the human was protected, including safe stop and hard stops and distances. You would have never thought that safety would be controlled by control reliable safety circuits, and that humans would be working together in the same collaborative space. The second piece is I would have never believed that. You know, we could be sitting in your living room on your, on your iPad and be able to actually collect data and look at your factory and understand if the equipment was meeting its required uptime or OEE calculations. Something to understand if you were a plant manager or end user manufacturer and you were responsible for the equipment in that facility. We've always collected data, you know, back in the historical automotive days, but the accessibility of it and the real-time nature of it um, uh, is, is really kind of game changing. So
0: one of the things that's unique about your background and, uh, caused us to be you know pretty excited about having you on the show is the tenure that you've had at AMT and you've taken, you've been a part of a, you know, major journey there. It's, it's cool. It's unusual. And if someone in our audience was saying, okay, his, his 18 years look like my next 18 years i'm i'm an executive at a company that's been tasked with uh driving an automation strategy with you know figuring out our iot strategy you know put yourself in the position you're a couple of beers in you're catching up with this old friend that is the situation they find themselves in they're saying craig what does my next 18 years look like where where does this story even start for me like taking the experience that that you've gained what are some of the questions you would ask them to that, that you know to get you and them thinking about what what are the the correct path forward? You know, like what are the things they need to be thinking about, opportunities and and threats and and things like that.
1: No, that's a that's a great question. You know, one of the things that's benefited me, you know, beyond education and and the network that I have, really is is learning from other people. You know, that's the biggest thing that I, that I've gained out of my career is is learning from other leaders that like to share and, and, and really kind of like to be well-educated and well-read. I think, you know, by, by, by reading and understanding different authors and, and different topics, you know, being well-read means you're investing in yourself and you're investing in your future. So the biggest piece of advice is, you know, really I'd be asking, you know, how are you investing in yourself? Uh, the second is really, you know, what's your vision? Do you have a vision? And I mean, a, a large vision. If you go back to, uh, you know, Jim Collins, Big Harry audacious goal, set really large goals. You know, anticipate if everything went right, you know, what is completely possible? And the other piece to that is, you know, everybody's really has a sales aspect to their role. And I think, you know, as companies grow and they mature as a leader of that organization, you really got to understand how do you keep that, single founders mentality, and you really think like an owner and, you know, be frontline obsessed with the customer and get that day-to-day feedback. When companies get too far removed from the voice of the customer, they start to solve problems that don't really exist. And you want to operate the speed and velocity, meaning you have a known trajectory, and it's a vector, it has two components of it, a direction and speed, and resist that bureaucracy. And you know the, the last thing I'll, I'll talk about is is really you know team building. You know, surrounding yourself with the team members that are going to take you forward. We're a highly engineered company, very technical audience, but uh, there's a piece I took recently from uh, Pat Lencioni's work, where she talks about the working genius model, and it's the idea of building teams that are well-rounded they talk about ensuring that somebody on the team has got wonder or invention, meaning, you know, you're ideating. You're looking at new ideas and saying, what is possible? What if we did this? You know, what if anything was right? And then you complement that with someone who's more of an evaluator. They discern and they galvanize, meaning they, they kind of analyze the topic to see if it's right for the company or the group. And then the the third piece, the really strong piece of that is implementation, meaning does someone have enablement and tenacity to get things done so you can accomplish the work? And although we have highly technical teams, it's good to understand the working behaviors of some of those folks and make sure that you're surrounding yourself with team members that can look at the big picture, evaluate if you're doing the right thing. And that's a little bit about when we went through IR. IOT strategy, and I can tell talk a little bit more about that. Is we went through those phases over about a ten year period, as far as what was possible and what could we take it to, and you had to you had to fail a little bit to really learn and, and pick things up and get to the next step to say what do we really want to do here. So uh, let's
0: let's um, there's a lot there. Let's pick on two pieces of it. One is the, you know, you mentioned the, this idea of like vector. Okay. So direction and speed. And so within that, let's fo- I just want to like follow up on the direction piece, which feels a lot like what we call product market fit, you know, picking the correct direction is like, what, okay, what, you know, unmet customer need are you trying to solve? AKA like, we're going to take the company in the, this direct in X, Y, Z direction of solving that problem or problems as you guys were on your journey, you know, I'm putting myself in the position of that that friend two beers in. So I say, hey, Craig, great, got it. The vector matters a lot. I have follow-up questions on the team piece, more on that in a moment. But on the vector piece, how do I know what to build? You know, how do I know if I'm building the right thing? Can you talk about you guys' journey and how, I mean, here you are 18 years later, you guys have built this, this amazing company. How did you know along the way that you were building the right things. And, uh, also I cannot allow you to escape without pointing at at least one example of building the wrong thing, you know? So what's a thing where you went down the wrong path, you've got the scar tissue to show for it. And and what could your friend, you know, learn from that process as well?
1: No, that's a, that's a great question. And, you know, as it relates to connected machines and, you know, the connected factory, started six, seven years ago looking at really what was IoT. And, you know, I went to, you know, many conferences and and nobody really could tell me what it was. You know, they give you an architectural diagram. They can tell you you're doing some asset monitoring. But it wasn't really clear, nor was it clear to the folks that you're describing it to you got to look at some of the technology maturity of some companies. Not everybody's comfortable talking about IP addresses and understanding where things are at. We talk about data security or plant security and connected machines and being vulnerable. And data IP and all that stuff, you know, it can be technically confusing. So part of what we learned in the journey is education. And the way we did that is through firing bullets versus cannonballs, so meaning making some small objectives before putting a lot of gunpowder into some bigger pieces. And we set up a technology council, and we investigated different platforms that were out there, Siemens, Allen Bradley, others, and really kind of, you know, FANUC had a product out there field that was in its research stage. Yeah, so we kind of set out of a journey to really kind of understand the different technologies and their maturity that were out there. And, you know, really, if I can tell you the three platforms that we picked six, seven years ago uh, currently don't exist. Uh, They've been cannibalized by their own internal product investments. And we did not understand the market enough to understand where that fit. Were Were we creating a product for the market? Were we trying to apply the pieces that were out there that already existed? We're trying to get all the way to the end of the goal before we really understood what technology was readily available. And at the end of the day, we said, let's, take, let's do something that's different. Let's make something that's unique, that allows AMT to look uniquely different from other system integrators, just deploying capital equipment, putting it into the market, and moving on to the next. And we said, let's do two things. Let's create a machine that we can connect to. Let's minimize service calls. Let's remote connect in and put some parameters around safety and motion, uploading and downloading programs so that you can educate the customer on what a remote connection would look like. Then we said, let's just tie into our own system to look at our own performance variables. Let's look at our own machines. And when we walk a customer through the building, could I show them that we care so much about the equipment that we put in that we're willing to put up the performance metrics on the, the lobby conference room to show which machines we're monitoring. And that takes it to a unique level where it's telling the customer that we care about our equipment. And if you care about it too, you can have access to that data and we'll provide you that information so you can see what the status of your equipment is. And, you know, it, 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 it's a lot about do you care about what you're doing and can you show that? And when we reset our strategy and said, let's get back to the basics, let's pick some simple platform and technology, and let's just create a self-serving piece of equipment that shows that we're providing value we care about the equipment as we're educating our customers. Let's start there and then we'll take it to the event level analytics and trend predictions, you know, once we get a little more mature. You mentioned people a few times in there,
0: you know, going back to that advice to the friend you know, one of your things was, hey, build a strong team around you. It makes perfect sense to me. You know, a person is embarking on a multi-decade journey. It's a massive deal. You know, this digital transformation, IoT strategy, like these are difficult internal culture transformations as much as technology. Can you expand on the people side of things? You know, what team should they be thinking about building? and, And what are some opportunities, in your opinion, or your experience to find partners, you know, versus building everything on day one internally? You
1: no, know, I think that's uh, it's a great uh, avenue there. Kind of two components to that is, again, as, as I mentioned, you know, when, when building teams, you, you want to make ensure that you're hiring for, for culture, is that they match the, the culture of the company, the speed of the company, the environment that they're working in, and the, the leadership. You know, at AMT, we have a very flat organizational structure. You know, everyone's uh, opinion counts and, you know, egos are checked at the door. And that allows the team to fundamentally come up with good ideas and ideas that are theirs. And uh, ideas that are come from the team versus are executive driven are much more widely accepted and and leveraged. And so rounding out the team, you know, we've even had, uh, you know, a, a a person that's non-technical, look at our HMI screens to say, if you were to walk up to this machine, could I show you how to program it in 10 minutes or less, just like you would any technology that's in your home device? 18 years ago, it was acceptable to have a very complex machine interface. And, and now it's to a point where, it, with the labor challenges that are there, if you want operators to use and accept the equipment, you've got to create a machine that's that's very easy and simply simple to use. And then the use of partners is critical. We, we've always had that philosophy. You know, we can't be great at everything. You know, we're looking at various different technologies. And, uh, you know, we recently partnered with a company that does uh, vision technology that's allowing us to solve applications, uh, non-machine learning algorithms. And it's allowing us to find applications in a different market segment that's not defined but has huge upside potential for growth. And then we've also partnered with a company that allows us to do different grasping technologies so that we can leverage robotic material handling differently in uh, arbitrary object picking. And the combination of those two partners is what allows us to create an ideal system that then creates an application that we can define for industry and solve new challenges. And just like we'll be sitting here 20 years from now, uh, setting even a grander vision of what, what robotics can help solve in the space of industry and ensure that uh, they're working alongside and ensuring that companies are being more profitable in gaining market share because they can properly deploy those types of applications.
0: What? Uh, so bringing you back to, to today, so I think like there's a lot there. I think there's a lot that... You know that's some extremely helpful advice. Bringing it back to AMT specifically, AMT and the future. Okay, so you know we've kind of unpacked like some of the tricks that Craig has used over the last couple decades to be successful and drive success at AMT. What's next for you guys? Like, what what are we going to see? You know, as twenty one turns into twenty two. Not asking you to you know reveal secret sauce here today, but. Um, you know, can you give us a little look under the hood about what you guys are thinking about, how you're viewing, you know, the world as this this new decade in front of us unfolds?
1: Yeah. So uh, kind of going on that last topic of technology partners, you know, one of the things we're going to be doing and, and already in the process of doing uh, with some of our investments is really looking at how we can solve some of the challenges related to box manipulation. So, you know, warehousing logistics is a very uh, growing space. You know, it's not heavily populated by robotics currently, and we have identified uh, an application and a technology set that will likely allow us to solve uh, a very difficult material handling challenge in those industries in that application market. And, um, you know, we think uh, by partnering with, a company to help us solve some vision algorithms that we're able to um, really uh, define new application sets uh, within the warehousing logistics space.
0: And follow-up question, and we're, we're almost out of time today, but I always love to ask, you know, you and I and our audience, we're all kind of stewards of this IoT space. I always love to give a little hat tip to others out there doing good work. Who who in the in IoT land, you know, in the broadest sense, uh, however you would want to define it, is out there, you know. So AMT's story is amazing. Who else is doing good work that you think nobody's talking about that uh, you want to throw throw a shout out to?
1: Yeah, one of the companies we've been recently uh, just early stage uh, working partnership together is uh, they've created some some grasping technology that really changes the way you pick uh, contoured objects and, uh, some of their algorithms with machine vision have been pretty interesting and would allow, you know, new applications set to be really, you know, driven forward. And uh, the company soft robotics Inc is, uh, is a great company to take a look at, take a look at their technology. And you can see how that would apply to uh, robotics and robotic applications. Cool. Soft
0: robotics Inc.
1: Congratulations.
0: Craig, I really appreciate you being on the show for, for people that are following this story and they're, uh, they're saying, man, Craig is a font of knowledge on this. I'd love to, to keep up with him. How, how can someone keep up with you
1: out on the interwebs? Yeah, you can find me, uh, LinkedIn, just uh, search for Craig Savalaggio or, uh, it's uh, applied manufacturing.com applied MFG.com and, uh, I'd be happy to uh, have a conversation and just, uh, learn from one another.
0: Great. Thanks. Uh, Thanks a lot, Craig. And uh, that's, that's it for today, folks. If you'd like to be a guest on this show, email us at podcast at very possible. Otherwise that is all she wrote for today. My name is Ryan Prosser. Thanks for listening. And we will see you on the internet. You shouldn't have to worry about IOT projects dragging on or unreliable vendors you've got enough on your plate. The right team of engineers and project managers can change a pivotal moment for your business into your competitive edge. Varys close-knit crew of ambitious problem solvers, continuous improvers, and curious builders know how to turn your ideas into a reality, on time and up to your standards. With a focus on mitigating risk and maximizing opportunity, we'll help you build an IoT solution that you can hang your hat on. Let's bring your IOT idea to life. Learn more at verypossible.com. You've been listening to over-the-air IOT connected devices and The Journey. If you enjoyed today's episode, make sure to hit subscribe in your favorite podcast player and give us a rating. Have a question or an idea for a future episode? Send it to podcast at verypossible.com. See you next time.